Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening or watching Completely Machinima. And now for something Completely Machinima, happy to be here again. We're on our second week of May. We got a terrific uh, film. Unfortunately, um, Tracy couldn't be here today. She's at a uh, festival, the Oberhausen Film Festival, which is between April 28th and May 1st. She's um tells me that it's the first major film festival to include a program dedicated to machinima and virtual production. And their focus is on avant-garde content. Ooh, wish I was there. I like that kind of stuff. Uh, we also talked a little bit last week about AI development, uh, which continues at a just remarkable pace. Phil has been uh, uh, working on an interesting project of upscaling using an AI program called HitPaw. Uh, all of the old... Uh, uh, Hugh Hancock films, and what were the other pro projects you're and doing? Peter Rasmussen. Uh, Peter Rasmussen. Um, yeah, we're, we've got a whole kind of memorial program planned for the two of those guys. Uh, each That's of great. Individually. That's great. Um, so more on that later. First, let's get right to uh, Phil's pick. Tell us about your pick, Phil. Yeah, this, uh, this film is called Sandstorm. Um, it's a Star Citizen Machinima film made by somebody who goes by the name of Waylander. I believe that's how that's pronounced. Waylander. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, yeah, this it's it's made in Star Citizen, which is uh, a platform. Uh, I guess the game is still technically in some kind of a beta. Is that right, Damien? Yeah, um, it's gonna it's gonna be in development for a very long time because of just sure. how ambitious it is. Sure. Um, and it's it's developing, uh, you know, quite a large following, and uh, it's got some interest. We we've seen some interesting stuff made with we with sure Star have. Citizen before. Um, I can't remember the name of the one in particular, but it's the father and the daughter who are doing some kind of space mining or yes. something, and a lot of a lot of dialogue, and it was just extremely well done. This is a little bit different style. This is more of an attempt at a kind of a larger scale story, um, a, a battle. A large battle that's taking place um so a lot of uh you know action scenes and and ground and air vehicles uh all interacting with each other and uh one of the notable things about it is that um if i remember right from the credits i believe like 97 different people were involved in uh this is a true multiplayer machinima that that none of this is like scripted or, or npcs flying the aircraft every every shot of a you know a, one of the spacecraft flying or soldiers running on the ground my understanding is those are all controlled by individuals logged into the game uh on a server it seems like in in older days of machinima that kind of thing was maybe a little bit more popular or at least we heard about it happening more i think of um War of the Servers. You mm -hmm. remember that old yeah. one by Robert Stoneman of uh, Lit Fuse Films? And my understanding is there was quite a quite a large multiplayer gathering that took place for that. Um, not nearly as much, I think, precision was possible back then for uh, how your actors behaved as is displayed in this film. This, this has a feel of well-rehearsed and well-coordinated military movements. I... I, I I would say uh, it, it has that appearance to me. Um, and it's it's basically a large scale story of of this uh, army 
I want to say that they're they're chasing down some rebels or something to that point that have have holed up in this fortress on the ground and they're going to drive them out completely. Something along those lines. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the the Warhammer film that uh, uh, that we reviewed um, a couple months ago, where I was where it was kind of this large scale assault, and I was confused about who the bad guys and good guys were. And uh, uh, some people in the comments had, get get quite a chuckle out of me trying to prescribe <laughs> good guys and bad guys in Warhammer. Apparently, that's that's uh, that's a boomer move. I'm told <laughs> to uh, to even think that. <laughs> so is there some kind of lore in Star Citizen? I have no idea. I haven't tried it yet. So if I make the same faux pas, please forgive me. Um, but there there basically is a sense that uh you know the 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 good guys or the ones that we're meant to root for, let's say, are the ones that are making this assault. Um probably I I, I guess one of the weaknesses, if you will, is that that you don't get much sense of the personality of the enemy or the good guys for yeah, that matter. Yeah. You just kind of, you're kind of, I, I feel like you're thrown into it and kind of expected to, to just take it as a given. These are the, these are the good guys. Here we go. You know, and we're, we, we, you can do it, you know, kind of that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So um, some very nice uh, moments of cinematography for sure. Uh, some of the camera works a little bit, ADHD for me, like it, I think it was an attempt to have a handheld feel or, uh, you know, the kind of a feel that, that you'll see in Hollywood films sometimes where it, it's not quite precisely tracking with the ship or the plane. Uh, it's intended to look like human error. Usually it's not. Usually it's planned that way. And I feel like that there were times where that just got a little too busy and it was unnecessary and and, and distracting. Um, it's okay to have a shot not move a whole lot so that what's on screen can just happen. But if these were filmed live, uh, then that that may have just yeah. been the best yeah. shots that they had. You know, that's a reality of filming like this that's different from crafting something in like an iClone or some or Unreal, yes. where you can go back and exactly tweak the 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 movement of the camera. So I'm well, gonna I'm gonna give it a pass for that because I think that this was probably captured live. Yeah. And that's very hard to do um, at all. Um, sound is a mixed bag for me. Um, the the aircraft and the flight sounds are tremendous. I don't know how much of those are in-game and how much are added, but they, they worked really well. But some of the explosion sounds uh, and, and gunfire sounds, a little bit dull, almost thin, uh, lacking some body. Um, again, that may just be that's that's the sound effects within the game. Um, but it, it, for me, it was a little bit distracting that, that, you know, you see this tank firing and then you see something exploding and it all kind of sounds far off or low fidelity or something to where I, I feel like, man, those could have been really impactful moments, uh, if the sound had been, you know, yeah. this bright boom, you know, type of sound, which is the kind of sounds those machines make in real life. So but again, that that could be sounds in game, um, and it would be a nightmare to try and, you know, recreate the full soundscape on this. Yes, of course. Um, 
be twice it as long be, in the production. Yeah, it would greatly delay the production if they had to do that. So I understand. You know, this isn't a a, a pro release. This is you know people doing what they enjoy, and that would that would add up probably unnecessary and crazy amounts of work. Um, it's a little bit disorienting at times the way that the editing is is done in terms of trying to follow a narrative there, there's there's sections of this that come off more as just montage without there being a narrative sequence to it and you know it's unfair to compare this to something like the hoth battle in empire strikes back which is kind of this iconic i mean that, that's one of the best movies ever made in my book yeah, yeah, yeah so it's like not fair to compare that but that's what this the scale of this made me think of that of this big force moving in and taking over and stuff and if you watch a scene like the hoth battle there's it's almost impossible to get disoriented in that it's it's been stitched together in a way um that i don't know keeps you grounded to to where you are what you're looking at and exactly what's happening so um you know again the editor of this is not the editor of 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 uh, you know a George Lucas film, so I I get it. It's it's just a comparison that I I kind of couldn't help but make. Um, I think maybe the the one biggest weakness to me is the silent and emotionless commander at HQ mm -hmm. that they keep cutting to, and it's just this dead faced guy just blinking and watching something. That uh, presumably the commander of the forces that we're rooting for and all this stuff is happening and sometimes the battle's going well and sometimes it seems like maybe it's not going well and his expression is exactly the same no matter what just this sense of <laughs> yeah you it. kind of wonder well why where the hell are you multiple dude? times they come to this guy and it's like this is what's supposed to be a reaction shot <laughs> yes. and I hate to compare no to star wars again but when you cut to to Princess Leia in the middle of the Hoth battle, you can tell on her face, is this going the way we wanted it or not? You know, and so I feel like that that, that was a missed opportunity, perhaps, to that 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 the ideal would have been that that his face expression, even if he wasn't going to say anything, which is fine, but at least his face expression would give some indication that he's thinking or that he's worried or feeling something, anything. He's engaged. Um yeah, engaged. That's right. And whereas with the other things that I'd called attention to, uh, the, the the sound and the uh, the camera work, I can give an easy excuse that well, maybe that's just the, the nature of the game. We've seen what can be done in Star yeah. Citizen yeah. with faces. Yeah. So maybe somebody just didn't know how to do that, or maybe they just didn't think of it. Yeah. Um. But it's it's something that really stood out to me that I wanted some more from that commander because it's really the only person we really get up close and personal yes. with in the whole thing. So would have been nice to have him give us something. I'll mention and then I'm going to toss this to you guys. Sorry, I have so many notes, but uh, the the post credit sequence um, there is one spoilers. Um, it appears to have a flavor of narrative to it, like there's a sense of some kind of betrayal or double cross or something um and i didn't need to fully understand what that was to to get what was coming through there you know doesn't mean i don't wish i knew who these were and why this was happening but i didn't need that um 
but it kind of that flavor of narrative kind of conflicts with the overall film so it kind of feels disconnected like we've just watched this montage with the stone-faced guy not feeling anything and then all of it all of a sudden at the end there's like this moment that i think is supposed to be a did you see that did you see what just happened like a game of thrones moment or something where like you know Tyrion kills his father it's like oh what that's what this scene i think was supposed to be is like whoa that guy just betrayed the whole but we don't know who they are and we don't know what this has that, how this ties to anything. So, uh, you know, does a betrayal or an assassination or whatever that was, does it have impact when, when we don't know who anyone is? I I don't know. So, um, I don't know. I feel like I've said a lot of negative and I, I mean, I picked this because I liked it. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I apologize for that, but, um, you know, yeah, I I don't know. I, I I I it was good. There were things to enjoy about it, and that's why I picked it. Um, but I couldn't help finding myself rooting for. You know, we're talking about f- having someone in the film to root for. Who I was rooting for was the director. Like, you could come on. We, you could give us more than this. You could you can do this. You know. Yeah. So there's clearly a skill set here that's wonderful. Um. And yeah, I'd I'd love to see, I guess, uh, some maturity to the story, maturity to the storytelling part of yeah. filmmaking. I, I think, think that... most of what I've said falls into that. It's not technical downsides as much as it is. What's happening? What did think, you guys think? I think those are great notes, Phil. I think that I don't think you're being unnecessarily negative. You're just pointing out some things that are clear to you when you choose it and then the fact that you actually chose it means that there's something about the making of the film that was intriguing to you and that captured your attention and i think you're right i think in a way this fits into a category of film that hugh hancock talked about once again he, he comes comes back to my mind he saw machinima at the beginning as a way to achieve filmmaking that in the past only hollywood or wealthy amateurs could make that it allowed just everyday kind of people with enough effort and enough intelligence to create things that they could not create before. The the downside to that is that unless you have some certain skills in storytelling, your film end up becoming a celebration of the game as opposed to a celebration of the story that you're trying to sell or you're trying to tell. And I think in a way your criticism fits right into that problem is that I think these uh, the filmmakers and the people participated were more interested in creating amazing fight scenes and interesting uh, cross-cutting and showing how great this game is and thinking about having the only character that gives you the emotional connection as an audience being emotionless was not something that came to their mind. At least that's, and I don't think it's necessarily because they can't conceive of that. Is it that they were more interested in something else? And I think that's where machinima tends to get problematic for pros when they watch it. If you'll remember, there was a famous moment when a big uh, Canadian film festival chose machinima when it was at its height in the early 2000s to be a category 
and they couldn't choose a film because they didn't think any of the films were good enough, essentially. And Hugh Hancock and others walked out of the festival. It was a big hoop de do. And yeah, I think I the and I think the reason was it wasn't because the films were technically competent. It's just that they were more about celebrating the game. And that type of world was not in the judges' minds. So they had nothing to connect to. See what I mean? I do. Yeah, that's a really good point. I actually, uh, I'm kind of self-examining now of, uh, I probably need to, to enter into these with a little bit more self-awareness that that's, because I used to be part of that camp and uh, didn't mind celebrating the game and, and uh, because I spent so much time there, you know, and that my, my, my relationship with machinima has, has shifted over the last 20 years. And I, I, uh, I still love games and I love game environments and all that, but yeah, I totally missed that as as the possibility of what's happening here and that very well could be what it is in fact i think in some of the description of the video they even talk about that that it's so neat to see you know what star citizen can do and especially given where star citizen is in its development it's this sense of it's like when eve online first became a thing and these people that get in there see it yeah. and explore and they're like oh man i wish more people would come in here and do this and play this then it'd be really awesome yeah you know what I'm saying? So it's it's almost like it's almost like a fan-made marketing video for the game. But I don't mean that in the sense that they're being shills. I agree. They're conveying genuine excitement they have about this environment. Passion. And I wish I wish more people would be in here because this is the best. And yep. I need to be aware of that, even though I I I won't necessarily be able to go there emotionally with that. But I need to be aware of that, that that's Sometimes that's the intent instead of uh, instead of storytelling and narrative, you know, right. and, and so, uh, yeah, that's I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Ricky. Thank you. Now, the thing that's interesting is that our previous film, the uh, After War by RG Studios, managed to celebrate the game and tell a story successfully. Yeah. So it it wove itself in between it. And those are the films that are going to tend to catch people outside of the machinima or the specific game community. Great point. Because they they can exist as films on their own. But if you and you don't have to know the story of Half-Life 2 in order to appreciate that movie. But if you do know it, it's even better. Yeah. Especially now. Like just look at what's going on in the world right now. There are yeah. there are there are more people right now who can relate to the idea of 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 bombardment and a rebellion yeah. and the, the risks and the costs of that. There are so many people in the world for whom that's a very, very personal. They've they've lived through their version of those events, and so that how much more beautiful it is then that this film holds up at the end of that this hope this hope yeah that that this will end and ultimately there will be peace yeah um it's it, it's not you know it's not total consolation for someone in a foxhole but it sure helps yeah uh, and, and it's a it's a 
very positive way of looking at it. So yeah, I, I think it, I think it actually did three things. I think that that film, like you said, just because it portrayed it so faithfully to the game world, it did celebrate the game. It also conveyed a story or a sense of narrative. Thank you, Phil. Well, um, we we tend to dominate this, uh, Jamie. And I'm sorry. Let's hear what your your thoughts are. I, I was still so uh, Phil. You were talking about comparing it to the Battle of Hoth in The Empire Strikes Back. What it reminded me of was actually Starship Troopers. Instead of okay, bugs, yeah, sure. Instead of soldiers versus bugs, it was soldiers versus other soldiers. Yeah, or maybe yeah, even that. a battle in Dune. Yeah, you know, because of that um, desert environment. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, so that's what came to mind. You know, when the, the, the they got that outpost in the desert and the, the bugs swarm in and they're, they're defending it. That's what came to mind when I was watching this. Right. Um, my knowledge of the Star Citizen lore is kind of limited, but I would imagine that you're right that the the attacking force is the, the sort of the military. Um, of that world coming in to squash the rebellion and uh knowing chris roberts other games sort of the, the the military usually are the good guys they're the heroes because you're playing as them in the single right. player games um what really struck me was the just being in awe of the logistics of actually putting this together with yeah. 97 players no kidding there's that shot near the beginning where you see all these ships flying down in perfect formation, and it's not just two or three. There's about a dozen of them all perfectly lined up, yeah. and the amount of practice that must have taken, because even one slight twitch of the joystick, and that ruins the whole thing. And also, because this is a persistent world game, I don't know how persistent it is, but the goal is to make it that way. It's a very expensive film to make with the in-world currency because of so much destruction and the ships getting blown up is they have to buy new ones to every time that that's that right <laughs> oh that's boy right. you're right you're right yeah you're i mean right. it's all in-game currency it's not like they're actually spending real money yeah, to buy yeah, these yeah. ships but still <laughs> you have to still play the game a long a lot a long time to actually get that wealth to you know to be able to make this and that's quite an intriguing idea is star citizen is being set up as a, a big open world where you can live any kind of space adventure you want. And you think, oh, it's going to be a space pirates or, you know, join the Navy or go out trading or smuggling or whatever, like you expect from any kind of sci-fi story. But this pe these people, their space adventure is to make a futuristic movie studio, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so they've gone off the planet cool. that suits them and they've basically shot a movie in this online world. And that's what they've done and that, that's a testament to how open star citizen is that they could go and do that and it, i think you're right that it was about celebrating the game in a way that this is what the game can do and it's not so much about the, the battle itself it's we can make this movie with all these people playing it because i can't think of any other game where you could do that because the the, the games aren't even at other mmos where you get lots of players trying to get that many together in one place it's probably going to slow the game down to a crawl you wouldn't get any footage so i i don't know how they managed to pull this off but it's a very sure. impressive feat from yeah. that uh, perspective yeah and um they also had to plan out the battle of how it was going to unfold as well it's not just random shots of um uh, they filmed and then put together there is kind of a structure to it so yeah they come in this battle it goes badly for a while it goes better and then of course there's the it ends and then you've got that post-credit scene which um i'm not really sure what that's supposed to write either but it's interesting to have that and it says 
to be continued. So obviously they've got more planned. Um, I wonder if they're going to try and, uh, you know, one up themselves a bit by doing something even more impressive. Because this is this was made about eleven months ago, or at least eleven months ago. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say how long it took them to make it, but I imagine it took quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. yeah, I like the movie. Um, there's a word that I I learned when I was younger that comes to mind. It's called verisimilitude. I just love that that term. And what it means is it means tiny details that all fit together into one thing. And in a way, I thought that that was a, a strong feature of this thing. Every detail that they had fits into the whole. Now, perhaps they overemphasize spectacle at the expense of storytelling. In their next uh, uh, episode, I hope they spend a little more time on the storytelling. Um, also, I thought that they could have done some color grading um, and a shorter runtime for the film. The many scenes at times would look a little washed out. And I think it's the same problem that you pointed out with the sound, Phil. They're using in-game look. And I think in a post-processing thing like uh, Da Vinci Resolve 18.5, they have a brand new uh, a version out, which is just spectacular, by the way. They they have a fusion uh, section in there, which allows you to do really easy color grading, even for people who don't know how to do color grading. One 10-minute tutorial on YouTube, and you can change the look of your, your scene flawlessly. So I think wow. a little work That's on great. that. They could have improved the contrast sometimes because things looked a little washed out time. I also was particularly pleased with the fact that they used that wonderful Hollywood scream that I always... The Wilhelm did, scream? The Wilhelm scream. Yes. At one point. <laughs> that always brings a smile to my face when somebody uses <laughs> that machinima or even even mainstream movies. I Right. I know that. So I thought that was terrific. It made me happy. Uh, you're, you're, you're obviously right about the points, uh, uh, Phil, and I, I think I think if they listen to this, they might make some improvements on it. This was a great pick, really great pick. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did well, too. That's our uh, that's our show for this week. A really excellent pick, Sandstorm, a Star Citizen Machinima by Waylander. I hope we pronounced that correctly. If you have comments or you're in the uh, the machinima and you want to talk to us, uh, send us a message at talk at completelymachinima.com. We have a full set of notes. Uh, at completelymachinima.com website for the series. And we've got two more films this month, and both of them are particularly interesting, so I'm looking forward to talking to them, talking to you guys about them. Well, that's it. Uh, Tracy, we hope you're you're having a fun time at the festival. Um, take care, everyone. We'll see you. See you next time. Bye.